Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Appreciate you stopping by. I'm going to be sharing uh, another dream today. I'm calling it the hell to the chief dream. Hell to the chief dream. But I want to lay some groundwork down so you know. Uh, Jay is going to be on here today as well, watching. And so, if we have any weird stuff, uh, comments, or people doing being, you know, going crazy, uh, they'll be blocked immediately. So he's going to be taking care of that. You don't have to worry about saying, "Hey, Pastor, this is going on. That's going on. I won't need to see screenshots." But nonetheless, there'll be some people on here that are watching moderators take, to take care of things. I will not be looking at, at, the, at the chat at all. Matter of fact, I'm going to kind of switch to private chat. That way I can't see anything. And all I'm doing is sharing. Uh, I'm appreciate Jay being on. I want, to make, I, want to, I want to read a verse of scripture, though, before. And it's from Daniel chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, uh, Daniel has gone before Nebuchadnezzar and said, Hey, give me some time to pray and find some answers about this dream. And it says in verse 17, Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter, in order that they might request compassion from God, from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. In other words, Daniel wasn't just trying to hear a dream. He had to hear the dream, see the dream, know the dream, and share the dream with, uh, with the king. So what happened in this moment was they prayed. They prayed. And so I, I want to let you know, when, when I have a dream that I know is from the Lord, I start praying about it. Uh, I've got about 30 hours of prayer invested in this dream already, just praying through, praying with wisdom. Uh, I had this dream last Friday night. I actually shared this dream with uh, uh, Pastor Henry Schaffer and Rachel Glanton, uh, works at a radio station over there in South Carolina. I shared this dream Friday night and asked some questions about Aiken, South Carolina, where I was. There's a connection to the Homsburg uh, Massacre, South Carolina, Washington, D.C., and so I, I knew there was a reason I had this dream that night, and, uh, and so I'm going to share it. So there's been some things that have happened this week that kind of play into it, but I'm confirming Henry Schaffer, Pastor Henry Schaffer of the uh, University Parkway uh, Church of God, and Rachel Glanton heard me share this along with two or three other people in the room that night. So as I share this dream, I remind you, uh, I, believe there's, I believe that God still speaks through dreams and visions. That's part of the, of the, of the prophetic word that Peter's preached from the book of Joel, on the day of Pentecost, in the last days I'll pour my spirit out. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have visions, and your old men will have dreams. And I do believe that dreams and visions are an extension of the spiritual gifts of Acts chapter 12. I still believe that God moves and works in those things today. So, how I'm going to do this today? I want to. I want to thank. I want to thank uh, the insight that Sheree has brought with me to help me as well. Uh, I've got some of her notes. I've got her notes in front of me as long as notes I've made for, on my own. Um, I wanted to not. I want. I'm not trying to protect anybody, but I'm just saying I know this dream is going to cause uh, is going to uh, <clears throat> this dream is going to cause what it's going to cause. But I'm just going to share it. I'm going to share it in chunks and then kind of talk about the thing that, that I saw and how I think it relates interpretation wise. Um, I had this dream August sixth, two thousand twenty-two, uh, a week ago Friday night, and I had it in Aiken, South Carolina, which I believe is significant. The dream began with me watching a broadcast that was announcing the 2023 State of the Union Address. So once again, I'm watching TV. I'm waiting for the State of the Union Address to start, okay? Now, I also make something very clear. In this dream, I had no indication in my mind, my feeling, my spirit, or what I saw. I had no sense that Joe Biden was a part of this this dream. I had no sense that Joe Biden was the man I was about to see coming down. I'd had no sense of that at all. That's all I'm going to say about that. I have dreamed that the White House has been empty since that first dream. Our president had COVID for a couple of weeks and then goes on vacation to South Carolina, of all places. 
so he's not been in the White House. Well, he's been there, but just not, you know, it's an empty White House. All right. So I'm watching this podcast, this broadcast announcing the 2023 State of the Union Address. Hail to the Chief began to play, and people turned and waited for the president to enter. Some of the usual leaders that always come in beforehand were already walked in and were seated, were finding their spots, uh, like the justices and, and heads, you know, the certain, certain key people were walking in. And the sergeant of arms just stepped up to introduce the president, and he did it like this. He said, Madam Speaker, the President of the United States of America. He went from a little bit of a voice to a little bit of a whisper to less of a whisper to more of a cough. And he began to cough and hold his chest like he was having trouble breathing, kind of like that. He was just <coughs> coughing. He had just tried to introduce the president and, and, and everybody's excited. Everybody's turning around going, watch. The applause has already started. It, it, it's going, it, it's loud, but nobody entered the chamber. And so people started trying to see over the crowd. They're looking, and, I, and it was like people were looking from the, from the first floor. He always comes in looking from the podium out from the right side. People were looking and trying to look over each other, trying to, where's the president? Where's the, he wasn't coming in. Even people in the balcony were looking down like they were trying to figure out what was going on. At this point, I am standing in the dream. I'm watching from right beside, I'm the right side of the podium. So if you would be watching the president give the State Union Address, I would be at his left, but I was actually on his right in the building. The music kept playing also. Hell of the Chief kept going. It kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. And the decibel level was making people cover their ears. So there was all this loud noise going on. There's all this confusion, very much a distraction. No president had walked in. And I do believe the man coughing, the sergeant of arms, I believe that cough was tied to COVID. And that it kind of ties back that over the last two years, some of the things you're about to hear in the rest of this dream have been taking place and going on. And that would that would also let us know that some of the lockdowns and some of the, the, the mandates that were out there were a way to cover up the tracks of what was going on. Secret Service agents with white earpieces pulled their weapons. They actually pulled their weapons. They were they were looking. The whole floor erupted. Secret Service agents are there. They got the white little earpieces coming out. I hear them looking in there. They're talking in their, in their like their watch area. They're, they're talking in their collars and, and their guns are out. Their guns are drawn. Their weapons are out. They all look surprised and very, very much alarmed. And they're looking at every square inch of the room. The balcony is full of Secret Service agents. The floor is full of Secret Service And they are looking everywhere for the president. Other Secret Service agents had come in that very door where the president was supposed to enter. Like, like he was in front of them, and now he's not. So they come in, and they look very alarmed, and they were moving very, very quickly. It was like something bad has happened. If you saw Secret Service after John F. Kennedy was assassinated, that's what it looked like. They're all over the place. They're looking at each other. They're getting eye contact. They're looking everywhere. So basically, the Secret Service doesn't know what's happening. So everything that's happening in secrecy, the situation that's going on, there's a whole lot of covert actions. Everything is very, very clandestine. Nobody knows what's going on. And the crowd seemed panicked. And they had absolute fear in their eyes. There was fear, absolute fear. Oh, my goodness, what's going on? What's going to happen? Various party leaders uh, attempted to swarm the platform to ask if anybody knew what was going on. People yelled at Secret Service, what's going on? What's going on? What's happening? Now, I'm not going to name the faces of the people that I saw. I did see Supreme Court justices. I did see certain governors. I did see certain uh, congressional figures and Senate leaders. I'm, and I'm not going to say names, so don't ask. Don't, I'm just, it's one of those don't ask, don't tell. I'm not saying. It's not important to the aspect of the dream. The crowd was, 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 was upset. So Sorry, basically, did you say that? 
our, our elected leaders, our elected officials were shut out of the process. Nobody who was out there from the elected offices or appointed office, nobody knew what was going on. They were shut out of the whole process. Nobody could understand what was happening. And then an official black jacketed agent stormed through the Secret Service agents. Now, I want to say this. I have never seen this. I saw faces of people I recognize. I saw leaders, elected officials. I did not recognize this man. I have never seen this man in my entire life of anything. And what matter of fact, I've even spent some of the time this week going through uh, Washington uh, leadership and uh, NSA and CIA, FBI, looking at, looking at faces of people who work for those agencies. Did not see him. This official black jacketed agent storms through the Secret Service agents that are near the platform. He demands, and he goes up to the platform, the microphone is, he says, everybody sit down. He starts yelling, everybody sit down. Now, he did not have an earpiece like the Secret Service people did, but he carried himself like everybody should know him. He just stormed right through those guys, and they let him right through. And then he starts yelling to have the music shut down, and nobody's listening. The music is getting louder and louder and louder. So suddenly, he just pulls a service weapon from, from underneath, from his, from the, his, with his right hand, he pulls over his left jacket, he pulls a service weapon out, aims right up at, towards the balcony. In the very back of the balcony, I see this large rectangular speaker. And he fires at that speaker. One loud shot. And suddenly the music stops. There were some people who screamed. They're trying to figure out what in the world's going on. And everybody, once again, the panic is, everybody's panicked. Nobody knows what's going on, what the president is. People are nervous. They're, they're starting to worry. If they're, they look like rats in a trap. They know something bad's about to happen. People screamed. Let's talk about the black jacket, first of all. I believe it, it represents a very, very dark agenda, something nobody saw coming. This is new. Uh, the authority that's happening, the authority that is, is now taking power and, and taking place in the, in the, in the House of Representatives uh, is, is scary. It's frightening. Nobody knows what's going on. And because nobody knows what's going on, nobody knows what to address or how to address the confusion. It is absolute fear, panic, confusion. Nobody knows what's going on. And now a man's fired at a speaker, and the music was getting louder and louder and louder. But now all the distractions are gone, and the focus is on the man standing in the podium. This very, very controlling, in-authority person that the Secret Service just let them, this guy just stormed right through, and they just let him come right on up. People screamed, and he once again demanded that they sit down immediately. And then a different group of men that I sense were not Secret Service agents came in. And they were wearing, they came in the back, to the two back doors of the house. They came in from the balcony, and the, the, door, the back doors of it came in. And the whole room is now filling up with men who are wearing Kevlar vests, uh, military backpacks, AR-15s, but no helmets, no helmets. But they're also wearing that Kevlar over black suits, black suits. Same black suits as the man is wearing in the podium at that moment. He tells them all to sit. Those men come in, and they've got their weapons out. Weapons are not down. Their weapons are up like this. They don't have them scoped out on their shoulders, but they are ready to go. They're ready to aim and fire, so to speak. All I know is this. These were, not, these were not soldiers. These guys did not have the look of soldiers. But they had the weapons, the weapons and the vests over those two-piece suits. What I saw this was intelligence. I saw this as a spiritual coup. I saw this as a political coup. 
Somebody had come in. No, no one knew what was going on. They can't find the president. Secret Service is confused. The guards of the president don't know what's going on. None of the elected officials have any idea. So in other words, the rug has been pulled completely out from underneath their, 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 their feet, and they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening. They're trying to figure it out. And now this man, who nobody knows, is there on the platform commanding their authority. And then he says this, ladies and gentlemen, we have lost the president. And there were shouts of the people saying, what do you mean? How, how'd that happen? And people were yelling and screaming right back. And he lifted his hands. He did this. Kind of starts up high, like, like everybody settle down, be quiet, sit down. He was trying to get people to sit back down in their chairs. He lifted up his hands, made that lowering movement, and then he said this. You all knew this would happen, and now that it has you will either support the consequences or join the missing. So there's no president. There's some type of a mil not necessarily a military, but maybe an intelligence group has come in. We're no longer ruled by a president. We have lost the president. That was exactly what he said. And once again, I told you when the, when the dream started, I did not have the sense it was Biden who would be walking in that door. And whether it's going to be him in the 2023 show that you address, I don't know. All I know is I did, I did not have any sense that it was him I was waiting to see. So he's just got them all set down. And now he stands and he says, after he says, you all knew this would happen. And now that it has, you will either support the consequences or join the missing. In other words, there's been a coup. And the people out there, the elected officials and, 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 and people in power have been a part of this. It's something that's been planned. This is not just a surprise. This has happened over time. Because the way that he speaks it. And then the man says, please stand. Raise your right hand. Pledge allegiance. Then kneel when you're told to. Now, when I heard this, I envisioned the Nazi salute with a hand. I'm not going to do that. I'm that offended by it. But when you stand, when you're told to stand, it's because you're, you're to give attention and respect for the person. So once again, they're, they're going to stand for somebody or something. They have no idea what it is that's coming, but they're going to stand for it. And obviously, they've been supporting this for a long time. just don't know exactly how it's going to fall out. And also when he says pledge, he, he, basically, he swears, you're swearing allegiance. You're going to swear allegiance to the person walking down that door, that open door. We've lost the president, but somebody else is coming in. And when you kneel... You are showing absolute submission and lordship. Because here's what he said. Please stand. Raise your right hand. Pledge allegiance. And then kneel when you are told to. And suddenly, the gavel at the desk at the congressional chamber was hammered loudly. I did not see who put the hammer down. All I know is I heard it just hammer loud. It was not the man in the podium, but I heard the gavel come down loudly on that table near where the president would have addressed the nation. Now, that gavel represents judicial authority. And what we, were, what we were just about to see was a change of laws. We were going to see what was contrary to God's law. We were going to see judgment literally coming to the nation and also to the church. But judgment was coming. In other words, the, 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 the evidence had been presented. The, the case had already been tried. And now the gavel comes down. And the declaration of what's about to happen is about to be spoken so people get it. At this time. People were looking around, but they were not moving. They were in their chairs, and they were eyes looking everywhere, and you could see panic once again. A lot of those men had their heads down with their eyes closed. 
they were full of tears. I saw mascara running on the faces of most of the women. I saw tears on every single face. People were scared. This was not just scared. These people were absolutely terrified. And I'm talking about elected officials, leaders, Supreme Court justices, governors, uh, departments, of, you know, heads of state, you name it. They were there. If they were in that building, they were terrified at this point. Some of these men were full of tears and visibly shaking in their seats. And then the man at the front screamed. He said, I said, stand. And he held that word stand for, in the dream, it seemed like moments, minutes. When it stopped, he said, stand. And he started looking out in the crowd. See, when you yell stand like that, he was demanding respect. He was demanding submission. He was being very manipulative and intimidating. But he was basically telling folks, you did this. Now it's time to stand. But they were so scared because now they realized the consequences of what they had done. Now, people were looking around. And a few men stood up. And then several women stood up. And as they did, they, they turned towards the door, the door that we would have seen the president walk through. They were waiting for the man, someone to walk through the door that the president would have walked in. So th these are people, no loyalty. They were selling their souls out. They committed. They, they, they were like, okay, I guess and it was almost unashamed. Now the fear changes to unashamed. It's okay, I guess this is what we signed up for. This is, and, and these people are part of a coup, obviously. They're selling out our nation. And they finally stand up slowly, but they're standing up. And several of the people screamed out no. And as soon as they did, the military suits behind them, the guys with the black jackets and, and, the, and the Kevlar over, came right up behind them, put a hand on their left hand and put a needle right in, their, in, their, in, their, in the right side of their neck, put the syringe in. The person began to shake and then suddenly just fell over dead. So within seconds, these people were dead. Now, the will is represented by the neck. You know, stiff-necked uh, fat Pharisees, stiff-necked religious people. So the neck represents the world. There were still people in that chamber that said, we're not doing this. We've not signed up. We are not part of this. And when they said no and they stood up, they were killed immediately. So that's the picture being broadcast throughout the room. These were the uncompromising senators and governors. These were the uncompromising justices. These were the uncompromising heads of state and, and state department leaders and, and, and those sort of people. And the needle, the needle was to basically euthanize their will. If you won't go along, we will break you. We will kill you. And they were literally breaking the will of those in power. They were breaking the will of those in leadership at that time. Now, when they saw the people start to drop, die when they, after they screamed no, this caused the crowd, this caused more people in the crowd to scream and gasp. And I saw men who were now weak-kneed, struggling to get to their feet. And I, was, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say there were people who were wetting their pants. There were There were elected officials who were wetting their pants in absolute terror and sheer understanding of what they had done. What this resembled to me was Hitler speaking to a group of people. I've seen a lot of the speeches that Hitler did. And you see the, 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 the demonization that he, that he goes through when he speaks. The look of fear on their faces was horrible as if they were facing a death sentence, and they were. And they sobbed, and they sobbed, and they sobbed as they just slowly stood to their feet. Some were saying, I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm getting up, I'm getting up. Because they were so fearful that they were going to get injected. So they stood up and they turned to face that door. And this is about the fearful 
and the unbelieving. This is about people, uh, this is about Christians who are not rooted or grounded in, in the word, who have no deep-seated roots in their lives. See, these folks are demanding, the, they're, they're yielding to the demands of the enemy. Here's a revelation with it. Fearful and unbelieving will not make it to heaven. Jesus said, endure. Those who endure to the end will be saved. Those who endure, that means put up with it. And we're supposed to occupy until it comes. So the will of the people is being broken. And don't you think the will of the church, is, is, is there's an attempt to, 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 to break the will of the people in the church as well. There's an intentional attitude out on the enemy's part to quiet us down, to shut us up both as believers and as a nation. And we're seeing both these things happen in this dream, I believe. So those fearful and unbelieving were weak need. They sold out the country thinking they were going to get rewarded, thinking they were going to have positions of power. And now they realize they're like everybody else. They had become a slave to the system they sold it out to. And those military suits, they were going around and disposing of anyone who would not stand. Anyone who would not stand was getting jabbed in the neck and going down. And it might take one guy on them. It might take two or three. But if they were sitting, they got, they were killed. They were put out. And anyone who also tried to resist those men got, got hit with the butt of an AR-15 in their head, went down, and then were injected, shook a little bit. And those sort of things began to happen. And then those that stood in the very front, I'm looking at the very front of the area where the Supreme Court justices sit and some other leaders. And you can look on, you can look on a map to find out who sits in that front area. I saw some of those folks stand up very slowly. And the slowest ones were some of the highest elected officials and Supreme Court justices that were sitting in that front row. I believe this shows and reveals that even our justice system has been thrown to the wind. It also, I believe it shows that our justice system will yield to the demands of whatever enemy takes us over, comes in and throws us out. These were officials, these were justices, these were people in power who make laws and enforce laws. And it was obvious very now that by their standing, and once again, I'm not going to name, do not call, do not email, do not text. I am not going to name these officials or justices. All I can tell you is there were several that stood. There were also several that died. The enemy is in the house, so to speak. At this very minute, a, fl a flutist walked in the back door. I could hear this melody, this flute playing very loudly. And a very thin Asian girl dressed like an Olympic gymnast with this incredible flute in her hand. She walked in and she began to play a very haunting melody. And she stood at the very back. And this melody, as she begins to play it, people's turn. It was almost like a Pied Piper moment. Then what she was playing was very, very high-pitched and very sharp on the ears. It was actually hurting people's ears. I remember standing there watching, thinking, this is hurting my ears. This is louder than the music held to the chief that was playing when the president was supposed to walk in. Now, I believe, and Cherie believes, that this is a principality. It's a type of spiritual influence. It's a, it's a type of malicious, uh, involvement, uh, uh, malicious intimidation. I believe because it's a young girl, it represents a young movement. 
This is not the same China that existed 400 years ago or 100 years ago or even 40, 50 years ago. It's a whole different, younger idea, younger mentality, younger ideas are out there. That flute was like, it reminded me of the Pied Piper. Because as she began to play, the sobbing and the weeping stopped. And she, people were looking at her and they were watching her walk down the aisle. And then she started into a march. And I'm talking highly precise, with precision, march. You would have thought this 10 to 12 years, it looked like a prepubescent girl, 10 to 12 years old. But when she began to march, you could tell that this girl was not a little girl. She was a trained um, Olympic soldier. I mean, she was, if there was a Chuck Norris that could look like that, it was Chuck Norris, okay? That's about the only way, this was a precise young lady whose eye was on the podium she was walking towards and that she's playing that, playing that flute. Her eyes never looked at the crowd. All the crowd is looking at her and this haunting melody is almost like hypnotizing them. And she marched with military precision and she headed down there. Look, she was under orders. This was planned. This was a planned ordered thing. And that podium represented the highest authority in the, of, of, of the world, literally. Highest authority in our country. She was going to walk to that platform unopposed. The first speaker up there with the black jack I did not recognize had basically gotten everybody ready to stand. You know, he basically was getting them ready to, 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 uh, to, to pledge allegiance to somebody who was coming in. This is the principality. We, are, we, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But I think this represents, this represents China. There's no doubt in my mind. It represents a Chinese influence. I shared a, a headline today that a lady from Stanford University believes that China is going to probably do a, um, a Pearl Harbor type attack on our forces in that region over there before they invade Taiwan. <laughs> the things we've seen just in the last week with uh, the president's house being, not going to use, well, I don't know if we want to use the word raid or not. Yeah, there was a subpoena. Yes, there was legal staff, but the way it happened is not good and not right and should concern every believer, every Christian, every conservative, every Republican, every independent, and even every Democrat. Because what happened this week was unprecedented. When she got about 10 feet away, I'm standing at the right of that platform watching her come right down towards me. When she was about 10 feet away, she jumped in the air and did three or four flips and she landed. And she's playing the flute the whole time she's flipping. And when she landed, she just kept hold of that, that note. That note never stopped. It, it was a high-pitched note that she just held. It was very, very high-pitched. It reminded me, and even in Cherie's note, she's like an emergency broadcast system. And there were people now, and they were still hypnotized watching her play this note. And as soon as she got done with that note, she, turned, she began to use the, the, the flute like a baton, put it back like a weapon, and stood in a defensive position and faced the entire crowd. She had, she had, she had put on her mean face. And this principality, this incredibly ugly demon, was looking at the people through the face of this pretty little young girl. And she said, "You said you were with us. Now we see. You said you were with us." Now we see. So her movements were military precision. Her attitude was get out of my way. 
nothing was the confidence was her, her self-esteem and confidence was off the charts but this was sheer intimidation and i want to speak to the church and remind them we are not supposed to have fear we're not supposed to be afraid of what comes again god's not giving us a spirit of fear but in that room every elected official every appointed official was terrified beyond description when they realized what they'd done because they had not seen this part of it coming i don't know what congress has been has been has been promised i don't know what some of these people have been promised from certain leaders or nations or kings. I don't think China will pull any punches. I don't think China will tell the truth. I think China will take us for everything we have. And that's the picture that I'm seeing. She was this, this picture of intimidation. She was a spirit of intimidation. She was a spirit of manipulation and deception because our leaders have yielded to the influence and the demands of that enemy. And there's no doubt, most of you already know this. It is no surprise. And then everyone got quiet and there was sobbing. The only person not sobbing in the room was that young girl who almost had the face that said, I dare you to try to knock me off this platform. Because even though she looked like a little girl, it was obvious she had military background. She had karate background. She was a tough opponent and the enemy inside of her was a whole lot bigger everyone's sobbing it means they were moving from the threats to intimidation in other words their spirit had been broken what this did was it broke the spirit of those in that room it broke the spirit of every leader every congressman every senator every justice every 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 head of departments it broke the spirit of all those that were there that's what i saw and suddenly, all the sound, the sobbing, the noise, everything went away. The chamber basically just emptied out. And the man that I see at the podium, folks, every time I've had a dream, it's taken place over a couple days or a week. This happened in one night. I've never had that happen. I've never had one dream where I've dreamt the whole thing in one night. All that sound faded in that moment. It was like God, God broke clear. It spoke clearly. In the dream, as I'm standing there watching, I am troubled because I've, I've seen incredible things happen. I've seen our country sold out. have no idea what was going to walk through that door and then, didn't expect what I saw walk through the door, but I knew it represented something bigger than I was seeing. Suddenly, there's the man that I believe represents Jesus in my dreams. He started to bring clarity of thought. The, the noise stopped. The chaos stopped. Because the thing is, we did not. I did not see the end of this. There was no... Chaos, I didn't see nuclear weapons. I didn't see the, the nation falling apart. But to me, that's a good sign. Jesus steps in and says, hey, I'm still here. You're still here. We're good. We're okay. Because he walks into the room. That means it's not over yet. The last chapter has not been written yet. Sometimes you have to fight and you have to hang on to see the victory, but it's worth it all. It's worth it all. It's worth it all. He's standing at the podium. So the first man that walked in and said, everyone stand he was the first man to speak. The second person at that podium was that young girl that came in representing a principality, which I believe is a Chinese spirit, you know, just a, represents that part of the Asian world. And now he's at the podium basically saying, I get the last say. I'm the final authority. That first one was a natural threat. The second speaker was a demonic threat. And now the third speaker is God. He basically says, I get to say the last of it. Here's what I want you to hear, folks. The first thing the man said was this, and it all took place in less than 250 years. 
This year, we moved, we celebrated 246 years as a nation. I believe there's more of a timeline with this dream than I can imagine or understand right now. There could be a time frame. You know, if we look at 246, two is the word for discern, four is about the world, six is the number of man's days. It reminded me of uh, many, many Tiko Yafarsim when the king saw the hand that wrote began to write on the wall. It basically says, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. God's numbered your days, the days of your kingdom, and brought it to an end. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Uh, Perez, your kingdom is divided, given the Medes and the Persians. So I really believe that has something to do with this. I don't know how much longer it will be before Jesus comes. And this is not, this is not an argument of a mid-trib, pre-trib, post-trib. That's not an argument. Look, we know that America's going down. We know America's been sold That All of us have some sense of that. And a lot of us have this sense that something big is about to happen. White House has been empty for about two years now, folks. We all realize that. But the man that represents Jesus said it took less than 250 years. They looked at me, and I was standing right, just right off that right corner of the podium. And church, we got to hear this. He said, get ready for more than war. And, and one of the notes that Sheree put, she's, what, what's worse, what's more than war? And she writes the word captivity. Captivity. Get ready for more than war and speak the truth at risk of the sword. And that's when I woke up. So Jesus speaks and he says, get ready for more than war and speak the truth at risk of the sword. We know that the IRS is going to have another 87,000 agents and they've been loading up on guns and ammo. We know they've been practicing. Are they willing to use assault, you know, uh, assault with deadly force? What does that say for not for profits? What does that say for conservative leaders or conservative politicians or or leaders for that matter? What does that say? If Donald Trump's house is not safe, then neither is yours or mine. Get ready for more than war. I believe that September is going to be a difficult month. I believe the months that follow me a difficult month. And I believe that by the time we get to, to the State of the Union address of 2023, if we get that far, that the truth of this dream will have been realized. Now, the sword is to speak the truth at risk of the sword. And I, I agree with Sheree on this completely. That this is this is God's threat. This is about the sword of the spirit. It's not about, you know, you know look. In Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who could destroy both soul and body in hell. Those are the words of Jesus. He said, don't worry what man can do to you. Don't worry about any prison they can put you in. Don't worry about how you're going to eat. I mean, you know, he even said himself, don't worry about what to say when you stand before kings and judges. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. But that speaking is going to come at a greater cost and a greater price than we've ever had to deal with before, folks. And that's what it comes down to. We can't fear the sword of man. We should fear God. But either way, the scripture applies here. And here's the point. It's, gonna, it's getting later and later and later to wake up the sheep. And it's getting later and later and later to wake up the lions. We know that things are about to shift and change in this country. We've been watching. We've been watching China make threats over the last several weeks since Nancy Pelosi, our Speaker of the House, went to Taiwan. We know they're doing more, building up more. 
you ought to Google just some of the commercials that China's putting out about their military and their capabilities. It'll get your attention. Am I calling out China? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Based on this dream? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. But I think most of you already have that sense in your own hearts, in your own minds, your own spirit anyway. I believe this dream is a wake-up call and a call to the church to continue to pray. Folks, most of, the, most of the dreams that God's given me have been have been dreams about getting the church ready, getting the church prepared, getting the church dressed and ready for battle. And when Jesus says, get ready for more than war, I'm going to take his word for it. And speak the truth at risk of the sword. This is more than just about censorship. This is about friends and families going to hate you because you speak the truth. School boards are going to start getting it again by people in their communities who want their kid, their kids taught all sorts of demonic, ungodly, unbiblical, unfathomable, and abominable things. We're, we're going to see more and more coming out in alternative lifestyles. They're going to push the church. We're going to start seeing more attacks on our, in, in our, on our on believers. We're going to see it, folks. It's already, it's already started. It's coming. It's coming. We are not going to get away from persecution. So what you need to do right now is, first of all, pray. Second of all, get rooted and grounded in the Word and make sure that your roots are deep. Make sure your roots are so deep that nothing can pull them up. you got to be good soil at this point in time. Make sure you're hearing His voice. Make sure you're in the Word. Make sure you're accountable. Make sure you're connected to the body of Christ. Make sure you're connected to somebody because lone rangers are all going to die. All the lone rangers are going to die and Tonto will never find you. You can't do it. You need the body of Christ. You need people beside you. Why? Because the days that are coming, the difficult things that are coming, we have been found wanting. God is finding this nation wanting. He's also finding the church wanting. Father God, help us to have the strength we need to stand up and speak the truth and not be afraid of the sword. Lord, you're saying that something coming that's worse than war is coming. God, we realize that you're, 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 you're helping the church to realize you're coming. But before you come, there's going to be difficulty and anxiety and chaos and confusion. Paul said in the last days, perilous times will come. And Lord, we're about to see perilous times, times 10, times 10 to the 10th to, to, to exponential times 10. God, help us. Help us as a church to be on our knees. Help us as a church to be serving you, focused on you, listening to you, hearing your voice, doing what you called us to do, making a difference in our world. Holy God, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, get a hold of us. Get a hold of us because we're too weak. And we got to be strong. We got to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We got to be hearing your voice. We got to be in your word. We got to be rooted and grounded because the challenges that are coming are why we're braced and why we've been braced for so long. But we got to brace ourselves again. We got to maintain the bracing. We got to make sure we are braced and rooted and grounded at the same time. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on your people. Fall fresh on your people. And God, I pray you will fall fresh on the nation upon our leaders. I pray you bring, I pray you bring grave conviction. I pray for a revival of conviction in Washington, D.C. And Lord, I pray that those that are in the process of selling us out, that they will be exposed in ways that there's no way they can hide and recover it up ever again. Let your spirit work and move and mold and shape and manifest yourself through us in this day. And I pray, God, that as people pray through this dream and they pray for insight and they pray for wisdom, that you will help us as a nation. I remember what Ronald Reagan said, we become, when we, we're no longer a nation under God, we'll become a nation gone under. And Lord, we're already there. Lord, you, were told, you told the church to occupy until you come. 
So God help us to hold the ground. No matter how outnumbered or how gunned we are, help us to fight strong. Help us to be rooted and grounded in your word. Lord, that's the only thing we're going to have to have. That's the only thing that's going to help us to stay strong and to stay upright and to stay braced and to stay grounded and to stay rooted. So Father, as people pray through this dream, may you speak to their hearts, may you get them ready, may you bring conviction of sin and draw them closer to you every step of the way. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it, folks. That's it. That's it. Um, take the dream and pray through it. Um, ask God to give you wisdom to see, to know, to hear, to understand. Let the Lord use you to make a difference. There's too many people that still don't know who Jesus is, folks. That's what we've got to do. That's what we've got to do. We've got to tell the world about Jesus. Let's take as many as we can with it, with us whenever he comes. All right. Hey, I, I greatly appreciate you being on today and listening, watching. Uh, share it, if you will, if you can. Um, I don't share dreams to make money. I don't share dreams for any other reason than I feel like God will me to share it so that people will wake up and recognize what's coming and what's happening. So those that have ears to hear, Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church right now. And even in that sense, saying to the nation. Hey, God bless folks, and thanks for joining today.